Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Gurkha Cigar Studio in beautiful British Columbia, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Mitchell Santaga. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com. I am broadcasting live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios <clears throat> in Boston, Massachusetts, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. Mitchell Santaga, also of SmokingTobacco.com, in the Gurkha Cigar Studios. He's got that red going, and we continue the streak. I have to get a graphic for the screen for the for the video portion of the show, um, and then maybe I'll create something for the description for our audio listeners, but I have to create like a tally list of like consecutive shows <laughs> that you have the BDR. Yeah. Uh, There's just gonna be like a little thing that's, that's always there, and it's like days since Mitchell did not wear the BDR, and un- unfortunately, well, I'll have to bring it back occasionally. But unfortunately, after the trade show, it'll probably be smoking tobacco gear moving forward. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, but you know, every once in a while, I might have to sneak it in there for old times' sake. But uh, that becomes but yeah, like the, I think that becomes like the. Um, like one of those, com- you know, when like teams do like the commemorative jerseys, like the mm. special nights. That's like the that's a special night. So I had to put the BDR on. Yep. Yep. And uh, who knows? Maybe one day uh, he'll be on the show. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it wouldn't be the first time we've had a musical performance slash performer on our show. Um, we have some exciting guests coming up. Actually, it's a little out of the way, so I don't want to see like Coop and my wife will tell you it's hard for me to keep secrets in especially when I like I'm excited to see people's reaction um or you know like like with gifts mostly because you're like oh, <laughs> I know I know she's gonna love this or like oh I, I know he's gonna love this like and for me it's yeah. like I just can't wait to see what they think and uh there's nothing worse than when they're like oh yeah and you're like fuck all that excitement they don't even want it um, but no, I mean, we have some we have some surprise people coming up on the show later this summer. Um, let's see without without saying too much because I, I you know Coop, Coop's always about you know rumor free teaser free. I love to tease, and I think secretly it bothers him because he hates the teasers and he's like ah I don't tease. Uh, but we do have we have a couple of exciting unique uh, guests coming up on the show, and by that I mean people who are not of the cigar industry at all. Um, just otherwise cigar personnel um, who just people who enjoy the leaf and one of them uh, is a is a well-known actor uh, from a pretty pretty well-known TV show on HBO like 20 years ago that's all I can say um, I'm just gonna let that lie but we are, <laughs> we are very excited yeah. about that we are very excited about that show it's gonna be a fun one it's gonna be very different um, yes and then looking down to the end of the year, I, I have a couple of things I'm working on, a couple of surprises for the uh, the end of the year. I can't believe it's already it's already the end of June. Next week we'll be at PCA, which means it's the first week of first week of we're, July. And we're halfway through the year already. I know. I, I've been on the show for half a year. Yeah, and it's it's kind of scary. I'm not gonna lie. It's like wow, that really went fast. Didn't, didn't I just start yesterday? <laughs> I know. It's like it's crazy. And, you know, we get to the trade show, which I promised we wouldn't talk too much about the trade show. I know we talked a lot about it the last couple of weeks and the last couple of shows. So I'm trying not to bore people out with it, even though it is a big deal. There's a lot going on. Um, You know, 
But once that's over, then it's like, all right. And it there's a little bit of really nothing auxiliary that's exciting, right? You know, the fundraiser that we do is in the beginning of the year. We got the trade show in the middle. And then, you know, like August, September, October, it's just kind of, you know, whatever. And then you get into the holiday season and then it's the end of the year season. And then there's awards and cigar of the year and all that stuff that we do. Um, well, I think the, for, the, for I think for the smokingtobacco.com kind of content wise, we'll see. I guess probably August, September, October, November, um, probably the most amount of reviews that that website will ever produce, probably in in history, um, just with all the new releases, and then me kind of stocking up on a bunch of cigars, and then. Kevin as well. We'll probably because I know you used to do reviews occasionally before, but between Kevin and I, we'll probably be pumping out hopefully two or three reviews a month. Yeah, and so yeah. people can look forward to that. You know, all the new stuff coming out, um, even some stuff maybe that had been released earlier this year, getting that reviewed, and then like you said, it's kind of end of the year time. Yeah, you know, it's it's like a cycle. You know, it just goes and over and over and over again, and. Before you know it, it's like it's the end of the year again. And you're like, oh shit, that was it. That that whole year's over. And you look back and all the stuff you did, and you're like, it feels like it was like three years, but it yeah. it goes by so quick. Um, so tonight I wanted to do something a little bit different. We figured we'd do a uh, we have no guests. I didn't have a guest scheduled because this was supposed to be um, a PCA pregame show, but we've already done so much of that, and I had to kind of switch with an earlier show just because of some scheduling conflicts that. We ended up really covering that already. Now, yeah. there's really not much else to cover. That's like, let's stop and do this for an hour and a half. I mean, yeah, there's some more releases that came out this week. I, you know, today, a highlight. Ferriotego is already shipping, but we'll be highlighting their new Ferriotego Suma um, that will be available in four sizes, if I remember correctly, um, at the show, as well as I know Crown Heads has a fresh pack they're coming out with which is really cool uh, for Juarez. Um, I'm trying to remember what else off the top of my head went up this week. Uh, Founder Cigar Co. is going to be rebranding and switching factories. So there's a lot of different things that have been going on. Um, but again, you know, it's it gets a little redundant, I know. And we have next week to, you know, dump all that out. So I don't want to bury people in it yet. Yeah. Um, so I figured, hey, let's do a pairing show. It's just me and you. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I know you have several different selections of things that you want to pair with your cigar. I grabbed three different things, but they're all bourbon whiskey. Uh, cause that's just what I'm in the mood for. And it's pretty much what I drink the most of. Um, I, um, I'll kind of go a little bit through all of those. I know you have a couple of things. We'll get to that, but first let's talk about what we are smoking because it is time once again for our cigars of the evening brought to you by the number two guyscigars.com. That's right, the number two guyscigars.com. I know for a fact that the two guyscigars.com has both of these cigars that we're smoking tonight in stock, but they also have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other cigars and cigar accessories that you know and love and maybe some new ones that you maybe haven't heard of that you should definitely give a try because uh, that's what we're all about here, trying new stuff. Uh, at the number two guyscigars.com. Mitchell, what are you smoking tonight? So I uh, decided to light up a foundation tabernacle, just a standard. I think this is the Corona, I want to say. Okay, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, <clears throat> a little bit smaller of a Tola, but yeah, this is just the standard tabernacle, the broadleaf. 
Uh, I love this cigar. And I've, I love pairing with Broadleaf. I find it's a great wrapper that can withstand um, a lot of bolder flavors and doesn't get overpowered. But uh, yeah, I can kind of get on to... I agree, and it's it's another reason why that's one of my favorite wrappers. Um, mm-hmm. In addition to how much I just enjoy the, the flavor of it, um, it, it, it you're right. It, it's easy to, to to pair with a lot of different things, um, and I don't do a lot of personal pairings. I mean, when I smoke a cigar, for the most part, I pretty much focus on the cigar. It's, yeah. I just that's me. I my honestly my favorite thing to have with a cigar is ice water just on a regular day. There's no show. There's no people. I'm just out here by myself, just doing things and have a cigar, just ice water, man. That's no BS. That's my favorite thing. I know it. Some people will mock me, but whatever. But there are those occasions when you're like, Hey, like I want to have a drink too. And in those occasions, obviously I have a few favorites. Um, tonight I kind of went a little simple ish. Uh, I grabbed the all saints Habano, uh, Dedication Habano Churchill, which is <clears throat> one of my favorite cigars, one of my favorite sizes. I really like the Churchills that are coming out of All Saints. Um, you know, the soft box press to them. Um, but I grabbed this cigar because it's a cigar I really enjoy. It has some good flavor, but it's not too overpowering. Um, and it goes well, at least for my palate, it goes well with the three whiskeys that I actually have lined up uh, to share with you tonight. Uh, they're three of my favorites. Uh, two of them are kind of regulars. One of them is more of a special occasion bourbon, but uh, I do enjoy it with uh, with this cigar. Um, we are also, before I forget, we're also using our Cigar Blondie Cutter and Lighter from Cigar Blondie, featuring the Slim Flat Blame Lighter and the Double Guillotine Cutter, always sharp cutter, perfect cut cutter. Um, these are available in three finishes, chrome, black, and white, and only available at CigarBlondie.com. So, Mitchell, why don't you tell us about the lineup that you have for stuff? Okay, so I, I brought a lot of things. Um, a funny thing about me is whenever I smoke casually, I usually have about four drinks with me. Okay. Um, I usually have water. Not always iced, but it is a little bit warmer of a day today, so I have it iced. It's almost 80 degrees. Um, I usually will have some form of sugary-esque drink whether it's like just even a basic juice but uh, I really love Fentimins. They use really really nice high quality uh, botanicals to, to brew their stuff. It is a bit more expensive but I find the depth of flavor on these and this is the cola. They offer a lot of different ones. I will often pair it with the ginger beer um, And they make a root they, beer too that you really They like? do a root beer They do I think a I don't know if they did they do a cream soda. I think they might do a cream soda as well, but I think they've got about four or five offerings. But the I'd say the the cola and the ginger beer are my, my two that I will often grab. Um, and then for I will also I, I I really enjoy pairing with beers as well. So I'll usually grab some form of craft beer. I don't have a beer with me today, um, and then some form of spirit. So. Um, Usually whiskey, but occasionally I have dabbled in other spirits. Uh, today, um, in terms of like the cigar, I always like to go with a cigar I kind of know, right? Like I said, I've smoked lots of these tabernacles, but I kind of like to push the boundaries of the other things I pair with when I'm specifically pairing. If it's just like I'm going out for a smoke, I'll grab something I really like. Um, 
And I find that in the industry, this kind of whiskey doesn't get its, I don't know, just desserts or its its uh, its accreditation. I think it's one of the best out there, and it's Irish whiskey. And to me, it goes really, really, really well with cigars, mainly because um, it. Well, it's a lot sweeter, generally. Yeah, it's it's generally sweeter. It's you know, I guess you could call it quote unquote smoother, um, but it offers this depth to the flavor profile that sometimes cigars don't necessarily have. Like it's just got this really nice yeasty bready quality that I find unless you're in some really like danky funky Dominican or Honduran stuff um, I find it really rounds out uh, the, the flavor experience um, and it's not it generally isn't too spicy or too harsh on the palate so for me I, I grabbed Redbreast 12 I love Redbreast one of my favorite Irish whiskeys but um if you want something with a little bit more punch to it, I find Writer's Tears has a little more kick from an Irish. Uh, but uh, Red Breast is just that classic run-of-the-mill uh, whiskey. Um, I also Red brought... Breast, Re- sorry, I was just going to say, Red Breast is one that um, I hear a lot of people talking about. When when you get into the conversation of Irish whiskey, um, yeah, that that's one that I hear a lot about. I, I, I think I've had it once or twice. Um but I know people who that's like a, you know, that's it's like a, a mainstay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a staple for me. It's always on the shelf for me. I, I love it. Um, I, I actually, so before I kind of like dove into cigars, um, well, I'd say actually while I was diving into cigars, I dove pretty deep into whiskeys and actually ran my own like whiskey group and did local pairings. Um, and one of the whiskeys or yeah, one of the whiskeys that I got to, uh, tried that was really, really good was Redbreast 21. So I actually did a blind uh, flight tasting with Redbreast 12, 15, and 21 all side by side. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was an amazing experience being able to look at the color, uh, check out the flavor profiles, and uh, unanimously within the group, almost uh, actually, I think every single person picked out Redbreast 12 and said it was by far the best one. So sometimes age statement does make it better. Um, and again, these were fully blind. People had no idea what they were going into besides the fact they knew it was Redbreast. Um, and uh, yeah, it's if you get a chance to try Redbreast 21, it's it's definitely a treat. But the, uh, uh, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The other, the other things, um, I occasionally like to pair with food. So... I like to do salamis and cured meats and a lot of cheeses. But today, uh, just because I had them on hand, I brought a couple different chocolates, usually dark chocolates. Uh, again, very similar with like coffee. I find things that have, you know, things that are born from from the earth, right? They're, you have cocoa beans and coffee and uh, and tobacco leaf all kind of born from the soil and very, you know, they're, they're harvested and then fermented and then processed into a simple thing. A lot of these uh, chocolate bars are single origin chocolate bars, high percentage, uh, even some of them with no sugar even added at all. So uh, I find those flavors really complement well with cigars as well. So I brought some, some chocolates that I'll kind of show a little bit later once, uh, once we kind of dive into that, if we got some time. Yeah, no, we definitely will. Um, I brought with me, and I guess I'm, we can get started. I mean, 
clock's ticking, right? We're already 22 minutes in. Uh, I brought with me a couple of bourbons, like I said. Uh, the first one is, uh, I, this is actually last year's 4th of July special edition. If I, Yeah, this is, yeah, last year's, uh, not that the, the whiskey's the same, it's just the bottles, really. But uh, Smoke Wagon Bourbon, this is the small batch. Uh, this is uh, a distillery based in Las Vegas. So this particular bottle, I think, was actually gifted to me by Kevin who lives in Las Vegas. And so usually when I'm in town, I, I grab some, and he helps me grab some, uh, being a local. It always helps. It always helps to have locals around in certain cities. Um, but, yeah, so there's only a little bit more of this left, so I figured I'd finish this because I'm probably going to bring some more home next week. So um, I also have with me – I'm going to do that one last. I also have with me the E.H. Taylor, the small batch. Oh, I love that. Which is great because to me this a is a very this is a sweet whiskey in my opinion it's a very sweet sugary notes on the nose especially it's one of those I I call it like like bananas or like a like a like a bananas foster or like a caramelized banana when you really you know get them into that that brown sauce you know and they've been warmed and you get that that smell maybe a little bit of cinnamon I get that on the nose every time so I love this one. That's why I picked that one. The Smoke Wagon is a good small batch bourbon, not too hot. I believe this is it's 92. Um, the E.H. Taylor is, I want to say, 100 because this is a bottled and bond. Yep, it's 100. And then, to round it out, I have with me a Plantain's Gold because why not? Um, no, this is this is a fun bottle. Um, Blanton's is one that I've always really enjoyed. It's it's a nice basic bourbon, depending on who you ask. I mean, that's kind of my opinion of it. Um, yep. I know people go crazy for it, um, but it, to, to me, you know, it's profile. It's a good whiskey, but it's it's not it's not in terms of just getting it more so the actual whiskey and when you drink it, how it tastes fancy or special. Um, it's a good it's a good drinker. The gold. Um, a little bit hotter, obviously, a little more strength. I believe this is 103 proof, uh, so this is going to be our strongest whiskey of the night. But I wanted to, I wanted to have some of this as well, so I grabbed this bottle. Uh, I recently acquired another one, so I figured, hey, let's drink this one since it's open. And those are my bourbons for the night. So, and my camera's out of focus, which kind of sucks. So while I fix that, Mitchell, why don't you uh, get us started on the first thing you're going to pair your cigar with? Yeah, so again, obviously, a little bit more whiskey focused, and like I said, I'm I'm doing the red breast for my whiskey. There you go. And the reason, like I said before, so in terms of going going towards pairings, you know, you're looking for uh, something that's either you know complementary or more like similar. Like you're looking for something that's going to have opposite flavor profiles that fill in the possible entire flavor spectrum or you're going to look for something that is maybe a similar flavor profile that elevate those flavor profiles that are already there right so at least that's how i approach it now the other thing that i think a lot of people sometimes miss with pairings especially with cigars is pairing up the perceived strength right so if you say have some of your whiskeys there that are maybe a little hotter and you pair it with something that maybe isn't as strong, the flavor profiles might match up, 
but the whiskey might overpower the cigar. And even if the flavors match up or they're good flavors that should work together, it will overrun and just totally mow down the cigar. So whenever yeah, approaching be, a pairing, it's going to be the perfect balance. I, yeah. It's, it's always a fine line of finding that like strength, strength relevance, right? Like you don't want the cigar just overpowering the whole pro- profile and you don't want the drink or food to be overpowering the whole profile. Cause even if the flavors are good, they're just, you're not going to be able to pull out anything better. Right. And with a pairing, you're trying to elevate the entire experience. Right. So at least that's how, how I look at it. Um, but yeah, in terms of what I get off of Redbreast, uh, I love nosing whiskey. It's probably one of the best things, but you know, I get some of that cherry, cherry sweetness and a little bit of that bready yeasty on the palate. Like I said, it's very viscous mouth coating and i get a little more of that honey type sweetness with still that nice bread yeast little bit of spice in the background as well on the palate yeah this is a sweet whiskey too for a bourbon would you start with eh taylor no i started with the um the smoke wagon the small Mm. batch definitely uh definitely different than what you're drinking i mean you get irish whiskey very strong on the nose. I get I get a cherry. I get a little bit of cinnamon. Um there's a sweetness there though. It's not the cherry though. Almost like a uh, no. Maybe almost like a almost like a brown like a toasted brown sugar. Yeah, nice. You like know what that. I'm saying? Like sure. when, it's, when it's on like a coffee cake or like a some kind of apple crumble and it gets warm mm-hmm. and baked and it lets uh, lets off that sweetness. Now with the cigar, mm. um, again, also pairing, you can kind of go back and forth. You can try drinking first and then puffing on the cigar. Try puffing first then drinking the bourbon. See how they change each other. Does it elevate the drink? Does it elevate the cigar? Um, I'm finding... When I drink first and take a puff, I'm definitely reaching in and getting a little bit more of the woody profile from the tabernacle, some of that leather. And I'd say it's a, I always get like a nice kind of uh, like raw coffee bean from tabernacle. And I'd say it really elevates that uh, specific note when I pair it with this whiskey particularly. So it's a, it's a really nice, it's a really nice pairing. This is delicious. Definitely more cherry, but not just any cherry. Almost like the you ever had the Luxardo cherries? I was going to say you're probably going to pull out the Luxardo, you know, fifty dollar a piece cherry or whatever they are. Like, like on the like on the finish, like it's very, it's very thick, very sweet, caramelized, syrupy, like on the flavor. Up front, it's a little hot, but then it like it cools off, and it just it has this this sweetness that's like right underneath, and it's a really nice touch. It's really nice, especially we, I've already been smoking this cigar, so I already have that cigar, the smoke. I have that flavor on my palate already. Yeah, and, like already full in force. I had some water before to just kind of give it a, a quick rinse, and then you know bring the cigar back, and then right to that. Oh man, that's delicious. 
Which yeah, I usually, I, I usually drink all of these straight. I don't mix these ones, uh, so I, yeah. it's not like it's you know like Maker's Mark or, you know, I don't really drink Jack Daniels. Like Evan Williams, you know, those are those are whiskeys that I'd probably and bourbons that I would mix with something. Um, yeah, so you don't really have that element either. Uh, there's no mixer element to to any of these. It's, these are all straight. I normally drink them straight. Neat. Usually not on the rocks. Um, so very familiar with how they are as is right now too. And oh man, just I actually haven't had that in a while. I forgot how good that is. Um, I, I love that. I love when when you've got a bottle on your shelf and you haven't haven't gone back to it in a while, and you just like have that first few sips, and you're like. Oh yeah, that's the stuff yeah. I've been I've been missing in my life. It's it's uh it's good. I always do. E. H. Taylor is a bottle that I have that's a little bit harder to get up here, so I tend to it's not harder to get here too. I tend not to go to it often, and but every time I always have that. I feel like I always have that feeling of like, oh yeah, this is really good. Uh, it it's uh yeah, it's just. It's such a good I, I wish I could get my hands on some of like the single barrel stuff and uh what, what was didn't they have like some special like wedding eh Taylor um, oh no the 18, forget, what was the, it? the 18 year marriage yeah 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 that one we we actually had a chance in BC to get a bottle I think they only brought like six bottles in or something like that yeah but uh I didn't win the lottery so I didn't I didn't get the chance to buy it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh No, E.H. Taylor comes in the um the small batch, the rye, single barrel. Uh it comes in the barrel proof. And then those are like the pretty much the main um the varieties, but they also have the eighteen year marriage and then there's the warehouse C. Yes, the um, warehouse C, yeah. Which I don't even know. I'm pretty sure that was a kind of one and done run for only a couple of years um, because of how it came to be. Uh, so I don't think they're just, they're cranking out tornado. Well, I maybe I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I thought that was just like a, a one and done because it was a very specific set of barrels. Um, mm -hmm. But I know at one point it was out there and there's probably still some floating around that, are, you know, probably highly, highly priced, but yeah, the H Taylor line is good one. It is a little bit more difficult to find even here in the U S even though it's made here, um, it's it's one of my favorites. It's delicious. It's a Buffalo Trace bourbon. I drink a lot of the stuff in Buffalo Trace, but I don't only drink Buffalo Trace, so don't get the wrong idea. I'm not one of those guys. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I know in the <laughs> bourbon community, there's like, oh, you only drink Buffalo Trace. You don't like. I they do. They make a lot of cool stuff, and people get wrapped up in it. And you know, they I, do. I get it. I get it. And it, but it's good. I enjoy it. They have a strong, diverse uh, profile that you can, if you like almost anything along the range of of whiskeys, they have something for you, right? All the way from weeded to rise to just, you know, like you were saying about Blanton's, Blanton's like isn't amazing, but it's also like, in my opinion, probably the most quintessential bourbon flavor profile and is so balanced. Yeah. And I think that's what people get wowed by is the fact that like you drink it and it's like, this is bourbon and it's very approachable for what it is as well, but great balanced flavor profile. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And I've heard the name bland 
tins thrown around mm. uh, by some people who like to, you know, throw shade at it, which, hey, it's each his own. Um, yeah, we all like different stuff, But man. I think in their defense, I think there is a little bit of – I think there's a little bit of that stigma on it because, you know, like you said, I mean, it's, it's, it's quintessential. It's balanced. Yeah. But it's not overtly crazy. It's not yeah, overly exactly. complex, and so it's 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 kind of a basic drinker. But it's also, in my opinion, if I owned a bar, it'd be a staple. Oh, it's it's delicious. I mean, delicious. when you when you look at all the other bourbons that are difficult to grab from Buffalo Trace, it's probably the easiest to acquire. Um, yeah, at least in my experience. So it's like you have a solid Buffalo Trace bourbon, a classic bourbon that's been around a long time before everyone knew about it. Um, yep. That's a good one to have. And like I said, on the easier side to obtain. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to kind of add a few sips. I'd say, so I kind of, like I said before, uh, you know, you could try puffing on the scar and taking a sip of your drink and seeing what that does to your drink. Um, for me, the drink uh, morphed a little bit and the sherry note, because I think a lot of these red rests are finished in sherry or the they might I believe... be aged in sherry. Uh, matured in a combination of bourbon, American oak barrels, and Oloroso sherry, uh, seasoned by Spanish oak butts. So, yeah, there is a sherry, but that sherry note really comes out after puffing on the cigar. Uh, that real nice kind of fruity, aromatic sherry really comes out. Uh, so, again, in my opinion, great pairing, both elevating the experience of the drink and the cigar. And uh, I would suggest people to to try it out um, now, especially if you haven't tried irish whiskey now one of the things i will say what's interesting about whiskey is you know we obviously this is a cigar show we talk about tobacco and how it's fermented and all of that you know the 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 whiskey world and specifically you know in each category you know you have bourbons you have scotches you have irish whiskey um you know you have tennessee whiskey um now you have japanese whiskey which is a whole nother thing now but you know that you between all the sub variants so, American-made, you know, Kentucky bourbon. I mean, I don't know there's bourbons outside of Kentucky, obviously. Um, but for the most part, you know, you look at that classic Kentucky bourbon. I, I don't know if people are aware, but there are some rules and stipulations, I guess, that go into effect, so to speak. Uh, when, you know, labeling and advertising certain things. And when you, to classify something as a, you know, Kentucky bourbon... Um, you know, it has to be have a mash bill of at least fifty one percent corn, and bourbon is also all almost always aged in a new American white oak barrels. Now, what's interesting is that a lot of Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey distilleries use those barrels. So Americans will put their bourbon in it. They use it once. They're done. The next batch is going into a brand new barrel again. Now, those barrels aren't necessarily bad. Uh, they're still usable. You can't use a barrel forever, um, but you can be used more than once. And so a lot of times those barrels will go to places like, I don't know, Nick Perdomo to use for aging tobacco inside the barrel. Uh, or a lot of times they'll go to um, Irish whiskey distilleries, Scotch whiskey distilleries, even some wineries. I've come across some wines that were, you know, aged in their original barrels and then they were dumped into bourbon barrels um, for a short period of time. And it, the wine was actually really interesting. 
um, had that same classic, you know, so the ones I've had are all reds, but um, had a really nice subtle tone to it, but also had that nice, just a little like prick of a kick right at the end that you get obviously from that whiskey barrel. And it was, it, it's not something I would drink regularly, like all the time, but it was a nice once in a, you know, once in a while, it's, it's kind of a nice little different treat, so to speak. Um, yeah. it, it's fun. It's different, but yeah. So all these barrels end up being reused and, you know, we hear about sherry casks all the time. Um, you know, you have port finish, you know, with port wine barrels, um, you know, bourbon barrels get reused. Now, the only other thing, Tennessee whiskey, I'm not too familiar on um, in terms of the barreling process or if those barrels are different. I, don't, I think they reuse their barrels for Tennessee whiskey. I, I, I think Tennessee whiskey still has to follow a lot of the same rules that Kentucky whiskey does, which is like you mentioned, the mash bills, as well as like the fact that it has to be new, uh, new American oak. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if, if I'm pretty sure the main distinguishing factor is the filtration process. So to be considered Tennessee, you have to go through that special, like that one that Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels does. uses the triple charcoal uh, sugar maple filtering. That's what they use. Yeah. That's like, I don't know if they all do that, but I know that that's Jack Daniels, like one of their signature things that they do. Um, that they, they, it's right on the bottle too. If you look at the bottle, I think it's like on the side, it'll say uh, sugar maple charcoal, you know, filtered, um, which I know is a big deal. But again, I don't know if they all, because yeah, George Dickel makes Tennessee whiskey. I don't know if they do the same exact process, but um yeah, I, th I think I think they when they came out with the definition, I think to define themselves differently than Kentucky, they uh, they brought in that the fact that you have to do this the maple charcoal yeah. or what they call the Lincoln County process. Well, Mike Mike saying charcoal triple filtered, which I think in a in a um, in a general sense, I think is true. I think just certain distilleries use different kinds of charcoal or yeah, maybe. whatever. Um, but yeah, because I know like Jack Daniels is always you know sugar maple. Is I remember that that's like the one they use, but I don't. Again, I don't know if they all probably do something different. But I think that the gen on the on the basic level, charcoal triple filtering is, yeah. I believe, a, a big part of that. Now you mentioned Jack Daniels, and you don't really approach Jack Daniels. I don't know if you've ever had the higher end Jack Daniels offerings, like some of their single barrels, some of their barrel proof, or even their single barrel barrel proof offerings. I have had those the are, single barrel, which is pretty good. Um, those are actually really good. Um, I know Some they of their... just came out. Didn't they just come out with the Jack Daniels ten? Uh oh, I don't know. I think there was a Jack Daniels ten that came out, and it was not a, like a lot of them, but pretty sure You're within the last whiskey. within the last like uh, nine months, I think I saw because I belong to a lot of whiskey groups on Facebook, you know, from my area. And people yeah. post when different stores get different things in, and I believe it was a little while ago, maybe the beginning of the year. Maybe holidays. I started seeing people posting about this Jack Daniels 10. It was in that same square bottle, but a very different label. Um, actually, I think it was a different bottle. It was a square bottle, but it wasn't the same. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even have it in front of me. But I know that the like the single barrel it has, comes in that square bottle. Uh, this was a square bottle, but it was a little different. Um, a little more rounded looking. And I believe it was 10 years. Yeah, it, it 
they uh it's been a hundred years since they've released a ten year age dated whiskey and yeah, they released a Jack Daniels ten. And Peter says, Yeah, there was a ten and last year now they released the twelve. So now there's a twelve, which I wasn't aware of. There you go. So uh yeah, you seeing Jack Daniels kind of doing a little bit more and more now. Um I don't know if maybe all the hype with bourbon is catching up to some of the other um, formats of whiskey out there too, because obviously, you know, bourbon's been hot ever since I don't know, at least the last seven years, if not longer. Yeah, I was gonna say ten years, maybe. Yeah, maybe Start. even ten. Maybe even ten. I mean, there was a look. There was a point where you could go into a liquor store, and most of the stuff that you see people, you know, going nuts over, used to just sit on the shelf. Like Johnny Walker, you could get it whenever yeah. you wanted. It was there, um, and then you know over time, which a lot of it, I think, from what I understand, a lot of it kind of goes back to Anthony Bourdain because the the thing that I heard was he was one of the first people to like go on TV and really highlight bourbon and especially like Pappy and all that other stuff. And that's kind of why I got so popular. It kind of like started this like oh like this fad so to speak. And then it just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, you know, now to the point, all the distilleries are, you know, they're outworked. And I know Buffalo Trace has expanded their facility. I'm pretty sure Wild Turkey has expanded their facilities just to keep up with the demand because they can't distill whiskey fast enough. And then you got to age it. So it's not like you can just pump it out and go. I mean, you got to make it and then sit on it and then see where the barrels go. I mean, I know that there's been some, there's been some special releases over the years that, you know, have come out that were actually not offered that particular year because that that year's batch just didn't live up to the standard, so it was skipped. Um, so it's 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 again, it's not an easy process. Um, and when you have a demand like that, you know, um, it's 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 a lot of years in the making. It's just like cigars, I mean, it's more than cigars probably because, I mean, cigars takes take some time from when you like really plan it all out but i mean some of these whiskeys i mean they sit for 15 years 18 years 20 years i mean that's a long yep. time that's a long time um to just to wait so to speak right so now i've been kind of sipping on the like i said this fentiman's curiosity cola um you know i like i like sugary drinks um paired with cigars but i wouldn't say it's as great of an overall experience as most of the time with whiskey uh i find most sugary drinks tend to well they're just so sweet that sweetness clings to the palate um but it is still nice i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it elevates the cigar beyond maybe what like this the whiskey did but uh, it's always nice to have, in my opinion. For me, I get a bit more. Uh, it kind of brings out some of the sweetness of the cigar. It kind of is brings out a bit of that caramelly, like burnt caramel. Uh, some people call it caramel. I don't know. <laughs> and tomato, uh, tomato, potato, potato. Yeah, exactly. Robusto, but... robusto. Robusto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, where's Garrett it's, it's Robinson decent... when you need him? It's a decent pairing. I uh, wouldn't say amazing, but again, I always try to have a sugary drink just to kind of get me through the night and uh, cleanse the palate a bit. 
Well, sugar is good too. I mean, when you when you're especially when you're smoking a lot of cigars, you know, uh-huh. uh, and you get over you get overstimulated on the nicotine. You know, the sugar helps kind of exactly it and balance it out. So, I mean, there are there are times and places where yeah, a sugary drink is a great idea when you're smoking cigars, depending on how many you've smoked or what you're smoking, how strong that cigar is. Maybe you're not used to it. Maybe you're dehydrated, whatever. And that nicotine just gets to you, and it becomes too much for you. You get the you get the dizziness, you get a headache, you get you know, whatever. Sometimes you get sick to your stomach a little bit. Um, all sorts of things. And um, the sugar will help. And that's one of the old tricks that, you know, we've said probably hundreds of times on the shows over the years. Hey, a little bit of sugar. You know, you keep a little bit of sugar on you. Or if you're out and about, you get something sugary. And it'll kind yep. of help fight that down. And it works. It really does. It's not like one of those old really wives does. tales. I mean, it, it, it does. So um, it's definitely a good instance for a sugary drink. So, I'm kind of I'm going to crack open. The first one I'm doing is a chocolate called Manoa chocolate with uh, Paikai sea salt. It's 72% dark chocolate with Hawaiian sea salt. Beautiful. And I, and I just poured Package. out I just poured out a little little sampling here of the EH Taylor. I'm just going to let um, that breathe for a second. Let's see, do they say, I don't know if this is actually Hawaiian chocolate itself, like chocolate Or is bean, it just the Hawaiian bean, sea salt? But I think it's it's definitely Hawaiian sea salt, but I don't know where they're sourcing the bean from. It might it might be a, sometimes they say here. You got to read the fine print. It's usually in the fine print, they'll tell you. Yeah. I don't know, you guys, you, guys have different, you guys have different rules up there in Canada, so who knows? Maybe they don't disclose do. stuff. I don't know. But yeah, so this is 72% chocolate. Again, uh, I'm not a huge chocolate fan, but I do enjoy the pairing of chocolate and cigars. Again, because it's got some of those richer, earthy notes. And uh, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, many people really, really love coffee and, and cigars. Oh, uh, it's so cool. I guess this is, not, this is not a good time to tell you that I, I booked us a um, chocolate fondue reservation for next week. <laughs> Just, you know, I guess I guess you'll have to skip that one. We'll have to say, "Hey, Mitchell can't come. He doesn't." Well, if they got a cheese, if they got a cheese option, I'll do. No, that. it's just chocolate. There's no <laughs> cheese. It's not like melting pot. <laughs> it's just chocolate, and it's it's, mm. it's overly sweet chocolate. I don't know. It might not be for you. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but seriously, melting pot is good. I like that. You get the cheese. Yeah. Get the broth. I know everybody's not crazy about the broth part. It's not really fondue, but whatever. It's part of the experience. And then you finish off with the chocolate fondue, and it's great. And they'll even bring you little pieces of cheesecake that you can put in there. And that is a great way to feel awesome and fat at the same time. Um, but, you know, again, if you do it right, you won't hate yourself too much. You'll be more happy with what you ate. Um, I'm due to go back there, though. Yep. i got to tell Nicole. We have to go back there. Matt, have have you have you explored dark chocolate or single origin chocolate, like kind of the craft world of chocolate before? Ooh, like obviously, I'm sure you're, you're you know you you have the standard chocolates and you know milk chocolates and stuff like that. But but have you explored kind of these like seventy plus percent craft single origin chocolate bars before? No, because uh, I'm not I'm not really into dark chocolates at all. Um, I mostly eat milk chocolates and even then, like I don't eat, um, I'm very picky, you know, like I won't yeah. eat Hershey's like to me here in the United States, 
you know, the Hershey's chocolate. I don't know if you guys get our chocolate or whatever, but um, the Hershey's chocolate that we have here, I hate it. It, <laughs> I do. It, it, and maybe it's because I've had so many like European chocolates, like I've had Swiss chocolates, British chocolates, yeah. uh, Belgian chocolates, Swiss chocolates, German chocolates, and they're all very delicious. But you know, yeah, I mean, when I was a little kid, I didn't know better. But then, you know, as I got older, and you know, it's disgusting. I mean, to me, it, it's like it, uh, it it has to. It leaves the same aftertaste in your mouth as when you throw up. It's it's to me that's like what it tastes like. It's gross. <laughs> like I can't like I can't eat it. Um, it's it's gross. But Nicole likes dark chocolate, and I know Nicole will. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's experimenting with some of those might, because I'm pretty sure. Dark chocolate. I'm pretty sure. There's been a few times where she's gotten like the you know how lint has like the the bars that come in like the the yep. cardboard sleeve, and some of those I know they're like they have seventies and like seventy five percent. I'm pretty sure she's dabbled with some of those ones before because I I I know she has had those before, um, and I know she does. But I I it's just really not for me. It's not my thing. So so. Again, I'm not a huge chocolate fan either way, whether it's milk or whatever. Like, I'll eat it occasionally, and it's, like, okay. But I like other kind of desserts better. These kind of chocolates, you know, even if you've had the dark lint chocolate, it's really, I would say, these smaller kind of boutique chocolate brands, like I said, where they're doing single-origin things. The flavors you get from these, it's it's crazy. Like, you, you almost get this, like, natural fruitiness. That you're like, how the heck am I tasting this in a chocolate? Or just this natural nuttiness? Because, again, it's just cocoa butter and cacao um, powder and sometimes a bit of sugar. This obviously has salt. Um, the salt brings out a lot of the sweetness on this. And I get a bit of, like, fig sweetness and some of that dark chocolate bitterness hmm. on this. And, yeah, they're, they're really good. Again, I, I wouldn't go back to it all the time, but... Um, the problem I have with a lot of dark chocolate is it leaves your palate very bitter tasting after. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it, it lingers. It almost yeah, like it, 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 it really kinda, lingers. It takes over your palate and then it, it dominates everything after that. Yeah. That's why like I don't like to eat. Like I, I know people who like will sit down and have a whole meal and like smoke a cigar. Yeah. And and I can't. Like I don't even when I like even with alcohol. Like I don't like when I eat, I eat and like then when I'm done, I do other things. Like I don't like, except for like you know wine with certain things. That's too different. But like I know people who will drink cocktails and like eat foods, and I'm like, I don't know. I just I I don't like it. I like to like I from my palate, I feel like that the two cross too much, and it's never really. I don't know. I just I like to with you food, know yeah. I like to keep them separated. And so like for me, like I don't really pair cigars with any kind of food, um, chocolates and stuff. I could see that. But foods, and as a general rule, like it's just not for me. Alcohol, water, wine, whiskey, whatever you know, any kind of you know beverage. Yeah, I've had some awesome pairings, but food for me has been one that I'm weird about. I just I don't I don't know. I've just never found a good food and cigar pairing. Hmm. Which is like I don't know. I guess that's what makes me weird. No, it's it's. I I would say most people don't tend to pair food with cigars, but um. But yeah, it, it is it is a delicate process because definitely it can really overpower the palate. Um, in terms of what I'm getting off of, I don't know. I'm getting a, a really 
interesting new note that I can't really put my finger on. Maybe floral? A floral note from the cigar now? That is is coming from the chocolate. I don't know if it's the salt or the bitterness that is changing the profile, but it's still got that nice woodiness, a bit of that leather in there, but it's got this really interesting floral note that the chocolate's brought out of the cigar. Yeah, I have the um, the E.H. Taylor small batch in my glass now. I had a sip before. Very different from the smoke wagon. This actually, while it's higher in proof, definitely seems smoother and creamier than the 92. This is 100. The the um, sorry, I don't. I just blanked. Smoke the, wagon. The smoke wagon was a 90, the 92.5. Um, but the 100 proof E.H. Taylor. Creamier, smoother, um, much sweeter uh, than that small batch. So I have another, I have another sip here, and then I'm going to move on to the Blanton's Gold, which I expect to be entirely different than the first two. Yeah. Ooh. More honey on this would, one too. Would you say your first pairing? Would you say it enhanced the cigar in any way, or did you did it mute too many notes? Did it? increase any notes or was it just like oh this is the same cigar as it was previously i think the smoke wagon took over my palate more yeah not not too not probably definitely not in the same way like the dark chocolate took over yours but um you know enough where i think it kind of drowned out the cigar a little bit the eh taylor so far has been a little bit more balanced and really complements the tobacco a little bit better than the smoke wagon Nice. Which is why I picked a cigar. I didn't want to pick a cigar that was... um, I mean, I wouldn't say this is a super mild cigar, but it's it's on the lighter side um, in terms of its flavor and complexity. It's not too overpowering. Um, Earthy, a little salty. um, But nothing, nothing, nothing dark, nothing deep, not, not too, uh, not too peppery at all. Um, so, because I, I, I wanted to kind of have something that was a little more of a baseline, but that, uh, so far it's worked, and it's worked better with the E.H. Taylor. I'm going to actually put this one out of the way over here. I love pairing E.H. Taylor with cigars. Awesome, awesome pairing. Now, are there any cigars in particular that you do like to smoke with it? In terms of E.H. Taylor? Yeah. <sighs> or if you're so not really... far, I've never had anything bad. With it, I've even gone down to a Connecticut. Mind you, it was a Nicaraguan filler Connecticut, so it wasn't like a you know a Dominican lighter. It, it still had some body and depth to it. Um, I'd say overall, I tend to, to lean when I am smoking like for my own for my own pleasure towards Nicaraguan. So I've had Broadleaf, I've had Habano wrappers, I've had Connecticut, and they all go really well. They all go really really well with E.H. Taylor because, like you said, it's kind of that middle of the run you get a bit more of that smoothness even with that 100 proof but it carries on the palate it's got that nice kind of honey sweetness that charry oaky background a bit of um a bit a a hint of banana like you mentioned so oh the banana yeah 100 percent. yeah that's like my favorite part of it yeah so now i got this blanton's gold poured out much stronger on the nose, much much more fumey. Yeah. But again, this was this was how high? 
or is it? It's probably, probably around 100. It was over 100. Oh. I just saw it. What the hell? Come on. It's hard to read this damn bottle because it's... <laughs> well, like the label, because like it's it's like it's all just yeah, it's on so the dark. It's not like the regular Blanton's bottles where they have like the yeah. paper label. Uh, so my oh, next bottle that bottled at a uh, hundred and three, hundred and three. Oh, there you go. Just yeah, just past a hundred. Yeah, but it's amazing. It's amazing how while it's not that much, how it's so different. You know what I mean? And then I, yep. I've had people tell me like that they've experienced where once they go. General rule of thumb, once you go over 100, it changes. But then I've had people go as far as say, like, you know, for example, Weller 107, the antique, old, the old antique 107. I've heard people heard say, that. once you go, once you go past that, it almost becomes too hot. And you can't really enjoy the solid flavor of whiskey, which I disagree. Because I've had some pretty hot whiskeys where it, like, yeah. it wasn't drowned out. You could still really enjoy the flavor of the mash without actually have just being over that over fumy, over alcohol taste to it that just like burns it away. Um, but it definitely changes dramatically um, hmm. versus. And it's funny because, you know, we started off with the lightest one at 92 and then we went up to 100. And even that seven and a half, you know, percent difference, you know, is interesting and it was actually smoother mm -hmm. now i'm going to 103 uh which on the nose is way stronger than the first two um but i'm excited to see how it actually tastes on the palate which i'm going to get my cigar kind of pop yeah. up again so my my next uh chocolate here is called the metisto uh it's made in Tawumba. i think that's in australia that's fine yeah australia Tawumba. Tawumba. Uh, but this is a chocolate that is made from a farm, uh, being made from a farm in Tanaru region of Haniara in the Solomon Islands. Again, that's just off of Australia, uh, the coast of Australia. And they uh, ferment this in uh, as a sun-dried uh, fermentation. So it's, uh, it's like fermented outside in the sun, kind of like dried. Interesting. So, yeah. And it's a sixty-two percent. Isn't that what Zaya from El Septimo said that they do with their cigars? They age them outside in the I sun. I think so, something like that. Didn't he say some shit like that? I almost paused. That's but, what he said. They age them out like outside. Yeah, we'll see how this chocolate does with the cigar. I'm gonna take this sip down. Ooh. Wow. Okay. That was smooth like water. And we lost Mitchell. Oh, thanks, buddy. Just leave me here by myself. Oh, now he calls back. All right, let's see what his excuse is. Oh, my laptop died. Yeah. Should we leave him in the green room? I don't know. I can't really do this by myself. You know, you're lucky I'm up here by myself, because if it was anybody else, <laughs> I would have left you in the green room. Abandoned. I don't know what happened. Lost internet there. Excuses, excuses. Anyway, like I was saying. Um, yeah. So this uh, this has a way different flavor profile. Like that last one was a lot more fruity, but with a really, really rich bitterness at the background. This is almost nuttier, 
and woodier, but much, much less bitterness. Maybe it's the fact that it's 62% versus 72%. Um, yeah, with the cigar, I'd say this chocolate pairs much better with the cigar. It doesn't over overwhelm the palate with so much bitterness. Yeah. And yeah, ooh, it really brings out this nice toasted <clears throat> note from the cigar really yeah. really good have you had blanton's gold i can't remember i've had i've had standard blanton's but never the gold okay i have, I have a bottle of the regular blanton's so i should get some you know what i should do because i have a lot of whiskeys as well um i should get some of the little glass vials yep and i should make i should bring some samples for you so i have some good shit yeah, I don't. I don't know what the law is in terms of flying. Oh no, you're gonna over. drink. You're gonna drink them there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna bring that go. many. It's gonna be small. You know, you're gonna drink them there. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm down, dude. I love whiskey. Like I said, and it's free. So it's, it's less alcohol. You gotta buy a liter at the bar. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, bring bring whatever you want over. I'm. I am. But into no, that. this this actually was the smoothest, highest in proof smoothest i mean this went down like water i mean it was just not a lot of gas to it um yeah. sweet also sweet it's been a long time since i've actually had this this bottle's been sitting in the in the liquor bunker as we call it um for a little while and it's funny the nose is attacked by bees it, here it was very are you getting what What's getting attacked on? by bees here Oh God, are we, are we, do we have to stop the show now for this? Are you going to be okay? It's just a beat. I think I'll survive. Yeah, I think you will too. It wants a sip of my whiskey. Do you remember that time when you told me not to give you any cigars when I shipped you some stuff? And then I did anyway, and you still got across <laughs> the border? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. You're going to be all right. Um, I'll be okay. No, but this is really good. And and then on the nose, I noticed it, when I first poured this, it was – I mean, and I know it's obviously – the air's been getting to it too, but right out of the bottle, very gassy, especially compared to the first two right out of the bottle. And now, much less, and it's actually more of a sweet aroma. Much more, actually, even more than the E.H. Taylor. I always consider the E.H. Taylor have a super sweet aroma. This is even better. Mm. This is really delicious. Now, do you still have the red breast? Yeah, I still have some, but the bee is having a sip, so. Oh, so you're not going to drink out of it? Not not at this single singular moment. Once he's done uh, getting, Let him getting do drunk. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was, so later here. Sorry, I have a bad habit of talking with a scar in my mouth, but. Um, so later this year, we have a couple of pairing episodes that we're going to be doing with Michael Capolini of Toscano. Um, we have one coming up. Right after the trade show. And then we have another one I want to say in October. End of October, maybe. Um, one of which we're going to do a wine episode. So the three of us are Italian. I told him, hey, we got to do a red wine. Italian wines, whatever. Yep. We haven't really picked the wines, but we're going to do a wine. And we're all going to have the same stuff, more or less. Um, and then another one, I think we're doing cocktails. I can't, or maybe coffee. I can't remember. But... Michael's been on the show before, and we've done, I think, two herring episodes with him, uh, which is something he does a lot of. And one of the things he brought up, and I saw someone said it in the comments here, 
Uh, but one of the things he did with us, he did a he did a whole pairing episode with us. Where we had we were making all the same cocktails, and he had us drink them, and then add the smoke to the glass, and just hold yes. it, hold your hand over, let the smoke just permeate in the glass with all of the liquid, and then you know release and then sip it. And I will tell you, most of those after I did that, the cocktail tasted way better. Uh, especially hmm. the first one we did was like a Di Sirono and bourbon with, uh, there was like one other thing in there and we put it on ice and it was, it was really good. It was sweet, a little bit of a kick. Great. And then we did the smoke to it and I just made me like, holy shit. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I would just rather drink it like this all the time. Um, it was really good. It really changed it. So I was going to say, I don't know about the chocolate. You can't really do that, but, um, I don't know if you were going to do a, a smoked kind of thing with your whiskey. Maybe with your soda that you had. I don't know if it will really work out as well. But definitely yeah, with I'm that, that red breast, I was curious to see if you were going to kind of circle back and try that out. Regarding I'm going to do it right now. I could try smoking it. I could try blowing some smoke in there and swishing it around. I find sometimes when I do that, the glass just then kind of gets smoke tainted smell and i can't nose this the, the whiskey as much which i really love nosing whiskey and uh but it does have a nice a nice effect to the to the flavor see i have it right here in my glass kind of give the whiskey a little swirl really like get it around in there yeah and i'll let it sit now this last chocolate i have i honestly the the label is off fell off of it so all i know is it's from this chocolatier named Askenosi. i think this is the 100 percent chocolate so this is a non-sugar 100 percent cocoa and just sweetened with butter so we'll see we'll see how this goes um hopefully not too bitter but And that's Askenosi chocolate. This is nice. I got that. I got that smoke layer just like. Still oh smoke. yeah! Look at that. Just, just, just hanging in the glass. I feel like the camera doesn't do it justice. It's, it's way thicker and cloudier and. That's cool. Yeah, and it's just kind of lingering there. Yep. Let's take a sip on this and see. Oh, there it goes. Get it out of the way. Ooh, the only problem coming to the nub of my cigar. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I got a lot more. Should I should have got I should have grabbed a Churchill like you. <laughs> Mistakes. Mistakes. Oh, hey, you know what we should do? It's time for our new segment brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. Sorry, I had to bring up the. Uh, the list of all the stuff. Okay. Our news is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars, featuring the new McAuliffe Black, rated 91 by our very own Kevin on SmokingTobacco.com. Check it out now. It's a blackout. So, as I said at the beginning of the show, there's been a lot of announcements. It is that time of the year. You know. Um, I'll, I'll run through a couple. Um, instead of kind of doing like one thing, I'll, kind of, I'll read off some of the 
the highlights from the week. Uh, Cavalier is going to be bringing uh, another limited edition for 2023 to the trade show. They've done this the last two years, I think. I want to say. I think this is the third one that they've done. The limited <clears throat> edition. Um, Blackworks Studio is bringing some new stuff as well as adding some sizes to the Killer Bee and the Hornet. They're also bringing uh, the Poison... I think it's the Poison Dart to PCA. Uh, as I mentioned before, Founder Cigar Co. has moved factories and updates its packaging, which you should check out because the boxes look amazing. Uh, Miami Cigar to release a limited edition uh, cigar for Nesta Miranda's 80th birthday. Uh, it's a limited edition NM80 um, to commemorate Nestor's 80th birthday, and I believe they're also going to be doing some kind of celebration in the booth. Uh, one of the days, I want to say, I think they're doing something, or maybe outside the show. I know we heard something about it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, Miami Cigar is doing some kind of special thing. Outside of just a cigar, they're doing some kind of event uh, during the trade show uh, for, for that. Espinosa. I'm sure you saw this one. Espinosa announced that they were bringing a knuckle sandwich. Uh, is it is it pronounced prefix? I believe it's prefix sampler. I think uh, so, yeah. Um, which it's probably has, a French enunciation like prefi or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they're bringing a sampler with uh, three of each of the current knuckle sandwich cigars in the core line to the trade show. And... That is not a trade show release. And Luciano is going to make the Maria Lucia a core line and added, I want to say, three more sizes to it. So there's four sizes total, and that will become a core line. That was a limited that was first shown last year at the trade show that I smoked. I don't know. Did you smoke that, Maria Lucia? Nope. I've not tried the Maria Lucia or the uh, Masignius that was released last year. Okay. Um, I definitely have more of the... Maria Lucia, so I will definitely bring those uh, to the trade show for you because uh, I think I have. Oh, look at that. Starting to downpour. It's crazy how that happens. Um, I will bring some of those to the trade show for you. Don't let me forget. Um, but yeah, that's going to be now a core line. So um, <clears throat> a lot of exciting stuff. Again, most of this is pre CA release stuff. Um, I think a lot of this we covered last week, I want to say. Uh, Casada is going to launch an Oktoberfest 2023 at the trade show. Uh, Postania is bringing their Connecticut blend to PCA 2023. Oh, Foundation. I forgot. Foundation. So Nick Melillo is also bringing some new lines to the trade show. Uh, one of which is the Metapa, which I think we talked about this on Spare Notes on Saturday. Uh, a homage yes. to Nicaragua's Ruben Dario, who I believe is a um, Nicaraguan poet, if I remember correctly. And so that's going to be at the trade show, as well as he is bringing um, some new stuff with Charter Oak to the trade show. So we're excited to get over to that booth. Actually, I think you guys are covering that booth, so I'll swing through, but I think you guys will be doing the interview. So it'll be exciting to kind of hear what Nick, uh, Nick has to say in that one. Yes, definitely excited to talk to Nick. You seem so excited right now. Sorry, I'm focused on toasting the cigar. I was gonna say you're you're very like tuned into something, but I can't see. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, thank you. You just look like you're just like not interested. Sometimes you can hear the flame, and then it's like, oh, he's doing something. But 
Shots fired back. All right, I like that. See, this is why I love Mitchell, because I can make jabs at Mitchell and have fun with him, and he can take it. He doesn't get all butthurt about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like some people, no, <laughs> no names mentioned. Teaser free, rumor free. <laughs> God, if I have to hear about Junior's Cheesecake one more time, I swear, I swear to Christ. <laughs> Just like, I get it. I didn't know. It'd be, you know what? The thing is, so Coop posted... Coop posted his bagel sandwich that he had down in Miami. And I just, because I was in the mood to take a stab at him, because he would do it to me. I said, oh, it's not H&H &H bagels. And he's like, it's not about the bagel. It's about the whole thing. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, how, how is it that, you know, he always gets away. I let him get away. With it. I, I, I could have pushed harder, and I didn't, because I was just too busy. But um, I like having fun with him. But anyway, so. You're on cigar number two. I'm still on cigar number one. This is beautiful. So yeah, Which this hasn't other chocolate. changed much either. My my cigar hasn't really changed too much either. It's been very consistent all the way through. Um, profile has stayed the same. Flavor has more or less stayed the same. It's a little drier. It's a little drier. I don't know why, but it's just got more of a drier. I don't know feel to it. Yeah. Um, through it. Not as enjoyable. I mean, not you know, I'll finish the cigar, but I mean, it's it's just not a very enjoyable state of the cigar. Um, I thought it was worth mentioning, but yeah, no, I I did this. I I did my my smoked Blanton's Gold, and I yeah, I don't know if you we're saw running me out of time, but I don't want to go back. But I, if we had more time, I'd I'd go back and I would do kind of the same with the other two. But man, it 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 really uh it really changed this too. It's really good. It almost, it almost turns it into like a like a like a peated Ooh. whiskey, right? Like it's, like, it definitely added a, that that, that toasty smokiness to. Did you did you smoke red. out your red breast? I did. I did it while you were reading all the, uh, all the stuff, all the releases. So, mm. you know, like I said, it really, it really takes over. Like from the glass, it takes over the nose. It is quite. The, the glass becomes quite smoky, but on on the palate, it definitely adds that smoky depth to it. Um, it's it is really nice. Yeah, no, it really you know it, it. I think it's it's nice in a in a straight you know whiskey or any kind of liquor, um, but in a cocktail when you have multiple things mixed together, <clears throat> especially when it's cold, which I think mm. is another big part of it too. When when you have a cold drink, right? Like these are just neat room temperature. They're warm. But when you have yep. a drink that's cold with all the ice in there, I believe, you know, when the, when the warm smoke comes in, you get that cool liquid. Um, I believe it's it's more of an enhancement with a cocktail, in my opinion, uh, just on the ones that I've done it with versus just doing it with something straight. Um, changes yep. both, but definitely more of a change with the cocktails. Um, it just I feel like it marries a little bit more than with the, uh, than with just like the straight whiskey. So... But still very enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, if, if, if you're into that kind of thing, I highly recommend trying that out. If you have never done it before, you've never heard of it, uh, next time you're sitting out there with anything, you know, just, you know, get some smoke in there, give it a good seal, hold it in there. Let the, let, don't let the smoke escape for like a few minutes and then just, you know, let it release and take a sip and it'll be completely different. And you might like it, you might not. But, you know, that's kind of the fun of it. You just kind of experiment with different things. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, yeah, the third, the third chocolate I had, um, again, I'm pretty sure that was 100% whiskey. Um, 
with just cocoa butter and cocoa powder. Um, it was so buttery. It was so buttery, smooth, and delicious. Would you say your favorite uh, of the three? Yeah, the last two were very similar in terms of how well I enjoyed them. They were definitely different flavor profiles. Um, I don't really like chocolates that have high acidity. And that first one is quite a quite an acidic chocolate. Like I said, with that bitterness, right. that background acidity, the fruity flavor profile. It's a very um, dominating flavor. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and then I, I had the last few puffs of my Tabernacle, and it, and it went really well with the cigar. It wasn't overpowering. It was uh, it was really good. And this 601 green that I just lit up. That should be the Escuro, I believe. Yeah. Yep. The Oscuro. Yep. Really good. Really good. Have you had that Escuro before? Mm. I know you've had 601s, but I didn't know if you've had that one before. I've not had the uh, green Escuro. That's a good one. That's probably one of my favorites in the 601 line. Yeah, it's a good scar. Very delicious. Very. I know your favorite is the La Aranja. Um, which one? The orange Kaxa. one. Yes. I know that's your yeah. favorite. You definitely. You're gonna have to grab some of those when you come down here. Yep. Um, yeah, I will. It, there's definitely gonna be a lot of shopping that goes on, at least for <laughs> you. Well, it's a good timing too, because Nevada's setting their 50 cent tobacco tobacco tax or cigar premium cigar tax. Tax yep. cap, I should say. Hopefully, hopefully July one. So. Again, I, I don't, I don't know how long it takes for maybe B and M's to show, to like show that price difference, and yeah, who knows, like, ho- hopefully all of them will pass that savings on to the consumer relatively quickly. Um, but yeah, no, it would be nice. It'll be nice. I know Kevin's stoked. I mean, he he lives in Nevada, so. Uh, it's a big yeah. deal for him. I'm fortunate enough to live close enough to New Hampshire where I don't have really that issue because um, I go up there where there's zero tobacco tax and zero sales tax. So, yay. Um, I'm spoiled, but I'm very thankful for it. Um, so that'll be exciting. Um, before we kind of wrap up the show, I know we kind of did our pairing thing tonight, which was nice. It was definitely a nice change of pace. And I'll be honest with you, it was more laid back. Didn't yeah, have to, more it, chill. It, yeah it, 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 it's nice to have these shows every once in a while because, you know, there's so much going on outside of the show and, you know, other things that we do that uh, it's nice to just have a show where you can just kind of go in and just kind of chill a little bit and do something a little different and actually yeah. just, just fucking drink for the sake of drinking. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of just take the edge yep. off. Um, no, this was good. Next week we have Lito Gomez Jr. coming on with us. So that'll be exciting. Uh, you know, he wants to talk about his, his uh, solace or soli. I have to find out exactly how you say it, but I've heard, I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, from La Flor Dominicana, that was a highlight at the show last year. Um, so far, I don't think LFD has announced that they're bringing anything new or different to the trade show. Um, could be one of those things that's a surprise. I know they don't do a lot of press announcements, so um, I guess time will tell. But I'd probably say that there's probably nothing new coming. Uh, so that's really the newest cigar that they have right now. So we'll we'll be smoking that and and talking to him about you know getting into blending and working with his dad and his brother, which is uh, exciting. Um, two legends um, in the family to learn from. So a lot of great questions to ask him. He's younger. He's uh, not been on a lot, on a lot, uh, on a lot of shows, um, 
So I think he's a little bit nervous. He's already texted me several times about it, but I told him just relax. It'll be fine. Um, question is, does John come on with him? I don't know. Yes. I'm going to say John's probably a no. Um, I don't know when he goes to Vegas. I don't know if he goes Thursday or if he goes Wednesday. I don't know if he has to be there for setup all of those days. So I don't know when he gets in there. So it'll be uh, – Yeah, he's, he's probably setting up on Wednesday. Yeah, I Maybe can not. ask him. Well, because Junior's not going to Vegas it's, until Thursday. I was, I was, oh, I was going to say, is, will Junior be there? And Mm-mm. I guess he'll be uh, he'll be leaving the next day. So there you go. I'm pretty sure he's going Thursday. Because we talked about it because I was like, oh, shit, like that Wednesday that week, we can do a show because you and I haven't traveled yet. And yep. I'm pretty sure I don't think he I don't think he goes to like Thursday. So I think he yeah, because yeah, we booked that. So I think he's going to I think he's going to be down in Miami. So um, that'd be good. That's our show for next week. I don't think we we talked about possibly doing another spare notes this weekend. Um, at this point in the week, I don't I don't think we're going to do that. I think we're just going to we're going to wait till after the show. So we got one more show before the trade show. And then the following Wednesday after that is our wrap-up show, which will take place after the trade show. We'll all be on here to talk about that. And hopefully um, it'd be nice if we got Kevin on, but I know with the time difference, you can't really can't really get on um, at that time. So hopefully, I don't know. We'll maybe see. he took it off work already. Maybe, maybe. and maybe Or you know, like a... maybe I can start it later. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'll have to chat with him. We'll see if maybe, maybe, if maybe if I push it an hour, maybe he can get home in time. That would be cool. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, that's kind of our plan for the next few weeks in terms of shows. Um, next week is PCA. Our coverage begins next Friday. Um, when the festivities kind of sort of begin to get the seminars of the, um, some of the meetings that take place. And then Saturday morning, that's it. We're on the trade show floor. So, um, very exciting time, very busy time, a lot going on, a lot to do, but you know, we'll power through it. And uh, excited to have this guy with me for the first time. It's going to be an experience yes. to watch him do his first few interviews and be all super nervous because he's by himself and he doesn't have me there to talk him out of it. So um, you're up, kid. Yep. That's what I like to say. You'll have Kevin with you. Kevin will be your cheerleader. You'll be all right. Yes. Kevin's although, good people. Although I feel like Kevin's a little nervous too. So <laughs> at least you guys will have that. You guys will be, you know, maybe in that. So. But, maybe uh, maybe a couple of morning uh, morning shots of whiskey will help us get through the day. Listen, whatever you need to get through the day, by all means. Although there is a no, there is a no cannabis um, ordinance at the trade show, so you probably can't have that. But I believe the alcohol section was like, well, you know, just don't be stupid. Um, yeah. You know, don't be walking around with like a bottle or something. Have a few shots in your hotel room, or maybe at the bar, and then. Throw some water on your yeah. face and head to the trade show floor. You'll be fine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Because I know you don't, all do, you, need. you don't do coffee. Could we tie this conversation? Because I, I, I order supplies for the guys to have water and snacks. And I always order, you know, a bunch of energy drinks and shit to have. And I had this conversation with Mitchell. And he, I, I didn't realize this. He doesn't drink coffee or really any caffeine. So I don't know how you survive. But, I mean. So if I get less than five hours of sleep or six hours of sleep, I may indulge in some caffeinated beverage in the morning. But outside of that, I, I don't, I don't, I don't generally drink coffee. Uh, I do like it. I, I enjoy most coffee, but 
Uh, yeah, I just... Uh, I'm going to make uh, a bet with you. I'm going to make a bet with you. Uh, I'm going to do it here so it's on the record. That you get in Friday, so Friday you'll be fine. Depending yeah. on depending on how late we stay out Friday night, which I'm probably going to be late. Saturday you'll be okay because it's that first day. You'll shake it off. You'll be good. By Sunday morning, you're going to be like, ah, we should head over to Starbucks before we go over there. I'm going to go, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. I expect I will consume <laughs> By some form Sunday of caffeinated morning. beverage, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or all the days. But, um, but yeah, I, I expect to, to need something because uh, I, I, want, I want to have some fun at night, you know. As you should because that's what we're exactly. going to do. Um, exactly. But no, it's I, I'm I'm willing to bet that by Sunday you're like, I need caffeine, please. And I go, but I thought you don't drink caffeine and I'm gonna try to hold it back from you as long as I can, you know. <laughs> um but no, I'll be right there with you. So uh, but no, that's it. So that's really what we got going on. Um Thanks to everyone for listening and watching our show tonight. We really appreciate it, whether you're following us on Facebook or YouTube, or if you're listening to us later on any of the numerous podcast apps podcast apps that our show is available on. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe as always. We appreciate it. And you can head over to smokingtobacco.com for more cigar industry news, cigar reviews, and our upcoming content coverage of PCA 2023 brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars. With that, we'll see you next week with Lito Gomez Jr. of La Florida Dominicana. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.